Let us pray. Our Father, we come to worship and to bow down, to acknowledge that you are God, the high and lofty one inhabiting eternity whose name is holy. Father, we confess we have not been what we ought to be. Would you forgive? Father, we are conscious of these who are apart from us today. We pray for the Campbells, for the gathering in Cooper. Father, would you see fit to send a time of refreshing for your people? Would you guide and guard these who travel to restore them safely? As we come to look into your word now, open our understanding. Father, grant that we might profit from what we read. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Our lesson today continues in the 18th Psalm. <coughs> we'll read over. The Tom is entitled to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord, this, the words of this song, in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the sand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled, the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them, and he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. <laughs> 
Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered. At thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him. And I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. I'm sure that's as far as we'll get in our consideration today. We talked last time about David was beset, surrounded by enemies. His foes were in high places. They had all the power, the resources. And yet, God preserved him. We noted one example of that when he was completely surrounded in the wilderness of Maon. And Saul... Saul's men were all around him. There appeared to be no way of escape. And so a messenger arrived saying, Come quickly, the Philistines have invaded the land. So Saul returned. The timing of our God's deliverances are frequently designed to show us how needless our fears. He is always on time. He's never too late. The point of change is in verse 6, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard me. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even into his ears. We talked about the fact that the feeblest cry of one of God's children can get his attention, arrest omnipotence, stop divinity. Compare this to the call of Bartimaeus when the crowd with all of its din was passing by and yet the Lord Jesus stopped. And called it. And dealt with it. <clears throat> we have here the response. God heard 
the cry himself. There was not some intervening medium, no need to pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary or to some saint. He hears our prayers himself. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills moved and were shaken. Now we noted some instances in which this had happened. At Sinai, the mount quaked. And when Paul and Silas were in the jail in Philippi, they had been given a lashing with a German, with a Roman cat or nine tails. Their backs were bleeding and they were imprisoned, but they were in the inner prison with their feet made fast in stocks. You get the picture? And I always think if I had been in their shoes, about that time I would say, I must have missed my leading somewhere. Surely this is not what God designed for me. Fortunately, Paul and Silas did not react to that that way. At midnight, at midnight they prayed and sang praises to God. And the prisoners heard Nothing shy about these two inmates. I'm reading in Acts 16.25, At midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. God is not at a loss for means to accomplish his purpose. The one who fixed the foundations of the earth can certainly shake them. Prayer rings the alarm bell And the master of the house arises and shakes all things beneath his tread. In verse 8, we have a a poetic description of his attitude. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth and devoured. He was irate. Fierce wrath is here described in poetic terms. Nothing makes God so angry as the mistreatment of his children. This passage is designed to portray God in descending to the help of his child. Verse 9, he bowed the heavens also and came down. Darkness was under his feet. He came in haste. 
eliminating everything that would hinder his speed, things were bad for David before he prayed. They were bad for his enemies after he prayed. In verse 10, he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. Now this is beautiful poetry, but it's also a grand reality. In the Mosaic system, the cherubim are frequently represented as the chariot of God. In... uh, Reading Ezekiel 1, you will, you will encounter the description of the chariot. The Lord comes flying when mercy is his errand. Verse 11, he made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. The storm thickens and the The clouds pour forth torrents of rain. These combine to cloak the invisible but wonder-working God, pavilioned in splendor, girded with praise. Blessed is that darkness that encurtains my God. Even though I do not see him, I can sense that he is working on my behalf for my eternal good. Verse 12, 13, By the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones, coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. It is as if suddenly the terrible artillery of heaven is discharged. The brightness of the lightning lit up the clouds as with a glory proceeding from him enshrouded within its pavilion. And there were volleys of hailstones, coals of fire hurled forth upon the enemy. Now, this is not just the figment of some fertile imagination. <clears throat> we might take uh, a few minutes to, uh, to note that uh, this describes what has happened. One of the plagues of Egypt was hail. This is described in the ninth chapter of Exodus in verse uh, 23, Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail, and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, 
both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. We have a description of the artillery in the 10th chapter of Joshua. When uh, Israel was occupying the promised land that they had traveled from Egypt to occupy, on a certain day, the day that was lengthened at Joshua's command, I read in Joshua 10, verse 10, the Lord discomfited their enemies before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth to Beth Horon and smote them to Azekah and unto Makeda. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Horon that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Does that impress you? In, when Deborah and Barak were successful in their campaign against Sisera, she noted that the Lord gave the victory and they sang a song to the Lord. Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel. And this is from Judges 5, verse 4. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marched out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled, and the heavens dropped. The clouds also dropped water. The mountains melted from before the Lord. In 1 Samuel 7, we have the prophet apparently being the recognized authority in the land, the judge, Samuel judged Israel. On an occasion, the Philistines came against them. And the children of Israel came to Samuel and said, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. 1 Samuel 7, verse 9, And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering wholly unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. Now, it ought to be a 
comfort to us that we have one who fights our battles for us. That the one who is with us is quite sufficient to deal with whatever comes against us. You remember there was a time in the life of the prophet Elisha when uh, he was telling the king of Israel the battle plans that the king of Samaria made. The king of Samaria decided that one of his uh, executive council was guilty of treason, betraying his plans to the enemy. And somebody said, no, king, that's not the way it's happening. Elisha is telling the king of Israel what you plan. So he said, well, go get him. So they came to Dothan. Second Kings 6, verse 12, One of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots, a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth. When the servant of the Lord was risen early and gone forth, Behold, an host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Well, how did God choose to deal with it that time? Well, he blinded the Syrians, and Elisha led them back, led them to the king of Israel. <laughs> The king of Syria was not uh, through yet. In the next chapter, he came and besieged Samaria, the capital city of Israel, compassed it around about, and besieged it until there was no food within. There were some lepers outside the city wall And when food was gone, they said, 
what should we do? If we go into the city, there's death in the city, and there's nothing to eat. Let's go out to the Syrians. Maybe they'll give us something. Second Kings 7, verse 5, They rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise, to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. Isn't that humorous? <laughs> he just made me a racket. <clears throat> he does it so easily. Verse 14. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. He's not at a loss for accomplishing his purposes. The stoutest heart is quelled when his thunder bounces against it. Then the channels of water were seen. The foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. The bottoms of rivers and the seas laid bare. Vain, vain are all hopes for resistance to God. All nature is on his side. And then comes the rescue. Verse 16, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me for they were too strong for me. Here David likens his rescue to that of Moses. You remember when Moses was three months old, his uh, mother could not hide him any longer. Exodus 2, verse 3, and when she could not longer hide him, she she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to whip what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags... She sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the child, the babe, wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. 
Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water, drawn drawn from the water, And here David likens his rescue. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. They prevented me in the day of my distress, but the Lord was my stay. Tolerance of evil cannot inundate the one who is trusting in God for his deliverance. But when we have been delivered, we need to be especially careful to ascribe all the glory to God by confessing our own weakness and remembering the powers of the conquered enemy. David here says in verse 17, For they were too strong for me. And this is true of us in ourselves. Our temptations, our adversary, they're too much for us. But we have a great champion, a mighty captain, we read Second uh, Chronicles 16 before, verse 9, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. He's looking for those of his that are in need And he is mighty to deliver them. Our weakness is an indication of need for divine intervention. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. In verse 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And we have some examples of this sort of enlargement. You remember that Joseph, sold by his brothers into Egypt, lied about by Potiphar's wife, was cast into the dungeon. But when in God's time, 
he sent forth a word, and Joseph was liberated. The psalmist in the 105th Psalm says, Whose feet the irons hurt. The word of the Lord tried him. And if you remember, Joseph was 17 years old when he went out from his father's house 